Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. From the king of sports books comes the king of sports podcasts. Unleashed. Presented by BetMGM. Here's your hosts, Giannis Pappas and Olivia Harlan Decker. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Unleashed by BetMGM, the king of sports books. And once again, Los Angeles is the city of champions. The Lakers, the Dodgers, and now the Rams. What a game. My God, they kept it interesting for the betters until the end. Giannis, you took the Rams to win big, but I don't think you're actually putting any money on it this week, right? I did not put any money on it because I don't trust myself. So, <laughs> I don't trust you either. That's nobody smart. trusts me. Yeah, so I didn't put any money on it. And But let's just say I believe if OBJ does not have the unfortunate injury, he was already a touchdown in, 52 yards in. Mm -hmm. He looked like he had the beat on his man. And, you know, that Rams offense with him as a second or third option. My prediction could have been right. They could have run away with it if Destiny didn't have other plans. So I'm going to say I was half right about a Rams blowout. I agree. I think you're totally right. OBJ was cooking up something special, and that was too bad. Really sucks for him, too, though. And, And of all the flack that man has gotten throughout the years... Like, I even found myself cheering for him. I really liked him in that game, so that was too bad. And yeah, you would have looked much smarter today than you look now. Uh, But I'm feeling pretty good because I went on all these shows for two weeks preaching the Bengals are going to keep it close, take the Bengals with the spread, take Rams money line, not to mention a lot of my props hit too. So can you tell I'm just like... I'm gloating. I'm excited. I'm feeling really proud. You know, this is my first season in the betting world, and I ended on a high, Giannis Papas. You certainly did. And I have to give it up to you. You called everything. You called everything right. And it's not how you play the game. It's how you finish. You lost to me all year, but you finished strong (laughs) and you redeemed yourself, OHD. I now can call you the great OHD. What an amazing set of calls you made. Until next season where you kick my ass again. Oh, don't forget Pro Bowl. I should have put my life savings on the Pro Bowl over. We were sitting there at that game in like early third quarter, the over hit. And I was like, man, why did I only put a hundred bucks on? I should have put like $10,000 on that. 
Right. You made a little money. We walked over yep. and we, we collected and then I went and took money out intending to gambling, but then I just spent it on cocaine. So that's what you do. With <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've never done cocaine in my life. Kids do not do it. That's a joke. <laughs> I spent it at the buffet. I'm a fat, fat kid. Giannis is a walking liability. And I, the stuff like that makes me so uncomfortable and he knows it. So I just turn red every walking around Vegas. He just says stuff and just, I turn red. Okay. So we're not done with football just yet. We have a great guest coming up. Former NFL quarterback, Ryan Leaf will join us going to talk about the big game and with the NFL draft right around the corner. Let's get his thoughts on the big name quarterbacks available. Yeah, man, I just miss football already. And it's crazy. The odds for next year's Super Bowl champion, it's already up on BetMGM. Giannis, it's very early, but do you have any bets you like? Uh, right now, no. I'm taking a little break yeah. with my money. I'm going to try to uh, maybe horse racing. Maybe I'll talk to Peter Andrew about some horse racing. Yeah. I, I love horses. Maybe I'll throw some some juice on some uh, some races. But other than that, I'm just gearing up for us to focus on basketball, and I'm going to start putting a little money on hoops. Yeah, no, I hear you. We're going to have a lot of fun with the NBA now. We can kind of dial in. You know, there's an old adage in sports that no one really pays attention to the NBA until after the Super Bowl. I know that's a major generalization, but I think there's some truth to it. So now our show, we are going to pivot to hoops and especially with March Madness coming up. Come on, we're going to have so much fun with that. Absolutely. And we'll also be covering uh, the Turkish League for you fans out there in Turkey who've been listening. There's a player out there who's doing big, big things and his team is doing well. So uh, we'll be covering the Turkish League as well for those fans. And by that, I mean you. (laughs) (laughs) And your family. All right. So we got BetMGM betting expert Peter Andrew joining us later on to discuss this week's action. But for now, it is time for us to unleash. It's time to unleash. Oh my gosh, where do we start with this game? It was such a good Super Bowl. I gotta say, Giannis, we both flew out of there. You Wednesday night, me Thursday morning. I'm glad I watched it on TV. I like watching the Super Bowl on TV. I've been to so many in my life and you just pick up on more when you're watching it on TV. Like the halftime show was incredible, but the performances off the field, I feel like could win an Oscar. The celebrities were all over the place. Martha Stewart, Guy Fieri, Charlie Theron. You had Antonio Brown sitting next to Kanye in a full mask look. Kanye like, went on one this Super Bowl Sunday. He was trending. He was in a commercial. He was being his normal weird self, but I loved it. But I think this Super Bowl was filled with great storylines. You know, a lot of people leading up to the Super Bowl talked about how likable Joe Burrow is and the Bengals are. And I agree. Like, I'm totally on that bandwagon. But I thought, you know, when you have to jump on one team and justify it, when your team isn't in the Super Bowl, The Rams were about as likable as you could get. So for a two-week span, I was all in on the Rams. I was really excited. Perhaps no one more than Cooper Cup. He nearly carried the Rams on that final drive, converting a huge fourth and one, then catching the game-winning touchdown after nearly being knocked out. He capped off one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen from a wide receiver. He got Offensive Player of the Year honors. I love that. And a Super Bowl MVP. 
Of course, his story about how his now wife was supporting him through college at Eastern Washington so he could pursue his NFL dreams. That's, I mean, just straight out of Hollywood. He had almost no offers out of high school. He was very looked, so that's a great story. And you had one of the most dominant defensive players of all time, three-time defensive player of the year, Aaron Donald, trying to get his first ring, one of the only things he had left to do in his career, really. And now he's kind of flirting with retirement. I don't know. He might come back. He might not. But either way, what a way to end his career if that's what he does. Von Miller, you know, he was traded from Denver. He wins his second Super Bowl. He had only been with the Broncos, so that was a big deal. And now... There's kind of talk, does he go back to the Broncos if they're going to put together a little super team here? But for this year, he was an incredible story, an incredible addition for the Rams. OBJ, how can I overlook OBJ? He resurrected his career after getting out of Cleveland. Fans saying he was washed. He came out dominating the game until he was injured right before the half. That was that was really hard to watch. I hope he's okay. It, it's looking now like it is an ACL uh, hope not, but that's uh, that's what happened. And Giannis, I know you feel passionately about the way that changed the game. I loved the end of the game. He's on the field crying, hugging his mom and his girlfriend who is nine months pregnant. She's due this week with their first baby. And I wasn't sure if she'd even go to the game. You know, I was on social media checking if she was there and she did. And he was kissing her belly and hugging her. I mean, that was a very sweet moment. And then of course, Andrew Whitworth, the Walter Payton Man of the Year, who at 40 years old won his first Super Bowl against his former team. I want to say he's one of three players to play in his 40s, Brady, Jerry Rice, and him. So that's very cool. Eric Weddle coming out of retirement at age 37. He last played in the NFL in 2019. He goes ahead, wins himself a Super Bowl, goes back to retirement. I mean, that story's awesome. And then I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now, Matt Stafford and his awesome wife, Kelly, who got diagnosed with a brain tumor a couple of years ago. They overcame that. They've been such great role models. They have four beautiful children. And he was just wasting away in Detroit for 12 seasons. He never won a playoff game. He comes to LA and wins the whole damn thing in his first season. So I just, I love their story. She's been on all these podcasts and everything this week, and she's just so relatable and funny, and I just love them. So God, talk about a night you'll never forget too. Van Jefferson wins the Super Bowl, races to the hospital where his son was born just hours later. His wife actually left the game at halftime on a stretcher. So I don't know what's in the water in L.A., but a lot of these Rams wives are are <laughs> popping out babies like on Super Bowl night. So that's uh, <laughs> that's not good. But, you know, I'm a sucker for a good story. This team was just riddled with them and so many players to get behind and love. So my Ramdom is now done. Now I'm back on to my Packers and Chiefs. But boy, were they an easy team to cheer for. That was a great unleashed and vintage classic OHD having another <laughs> team to root for. I mean, yeah. <laughs> talk about the fair. Such a sellout. I mean, you will just go wherever the good story is, like a good journalist. And I respect mm -hmm. you for that. Yeah, it was an amazing <laughs> game with tons of good stories. You almost feel like the Rams were the team of destiny with all those stories that they had and that they fulfilled it. It's kind of fitting. 
Yeah, I'm Kanye West, of course, trying to steal the microphone from the game, was trending, putting the mask on, <laughs> doing whatever he could to get attention because he's upset that my friend Pete Davidson is porking his ex-wife. What can you do? <laughs> Pete Davidson is hell in a Staten Island. He's causing wars with that big old piece that he has. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Oh, I'm yeah, I mean, I'm I kind of had enough of Kanye West and his fencing helmet, you know, sitting there yeah. in LA heat. We get it, Kanye. You like to make news. All right. Thirsty. Yes. So this is what I want to unleash on this week. It's really that I believe the Rams should have covered. Okay. The game was heading, like we said, towards a possible blowout until my man OBJ got injured. The kid had like 52 yards and a touchdown. Major contributor in that playoff run and was probably about to explode and be the MVP, which I did call in our episode with Terrell Owens. I said he was going to be the MVP, and I think he still should have been the MVP, again, if Destiny didn't have something else in mind. So, but here's what I really want to talk about. We saw some questionable coaching all season, and the only person that made a worse call than Kanye West wearing that goddamn fencing helmet on a 90-degree day in L.A. was Bengals coach Zach Taylor. I'm putting the spotlight on you, my friend. I mean, me as a casual fan, if I'm sitting there drinking Trulies with my friend Paul Versey and I'm screaming at the TV, it's obvious. First of all, what happened to the John Madden old adage, take the points, take the points. One of the first plays of the game, they get all the way down close to the red zone, um, kick the field goal, take the points. That ended up going the other way, and OBJ Mm -hmm. scored that touchdown. So that's a 10-point turnaround right there. I mean, and then, of course, let's talk about the end of the game and that final drive, third and one. Every play there, you're trying to get yards to get into field goal range. You do have two timeouts, but why would you run the ball, especially with that line? On the other side, Sam Donald, hungry as hell, looking to eat up whatever tries to run through it. And why wouldn't you use Nixon? Okay? This is ridiculous. So they end up running the ball. It do- They don't get it. Then they're forced to a fourth and one, and Sam Donald makes his heroic sack to end the game. It was a horrible call. Keep passing the ball. Don't force yourself to have to take a timeout in that situation. They should have been throwing towards the sidelines or at least throwing, you know, if they were taking the sidelines away defensively, they should have thrown it and tried to get out of bounds to keep advancing the ball into field goal range. They weren't there yet. Stupid, stupid call. It should have went into overtime. I say the refs are not the villain here. I'm saying the play calling is. I'm ready to be hired as a coach because I could probably do a better job. Well, you would do a better job as a coach than a fact checker because I caught like three different players' names said wrong. Well, reality is a suggestion. <laughs> and I'm just fine. You said Sam Donald, not Aaron Donald. Aaron I'm Donald. pretty sure you said Joe Nixon, not Mixon. <laughs> Did he say Mixon? I probably got them both wrong, but that's what happens when I get perturbed. Oh. I'm perturbed, and I just said perturbed wrong. So I was perturbed, and I said a few names wrong, just like that play calling was wrong from Zach Taylor. And did I? And I'll say know, his name wrong too, John Taylor. There you go. You know I love you, and uh, you know it's just a, a theme of our show is how you say a lot of players' names wrong. But to be fair, I say a bunch of weird phrases wrong all the time, and you call me out on that. But yeah, I just I can't get it right. I'm just <laughs> you know I just can't get it right. 
but that was a great Unleashed. And I think a lot of people agree with you. Let's see if our guest this week agrees with you. Ryan Leaf is joining us now. Our guest today led Washington State to the Rose Bowl and was the number two pick of the 1998 NFL draft behind a guy named Peyton Manning. It's too bad nothing ever came of him. But his biggest comeback has been in life itself. NFL and college football analyst Ryan Leaf is here. Ryan, thanks for joining us. You bet. Happy to be here. Happy that uh, Super Bowl week went so well. We got such a great game and, uh, you know, ready to ready to start and attack the offseason, I guess. Absolutely. I was just saying you were everywhere. Super Bowl week, you were on Radio Row, on all the TV shows. LA Times did a piece on you. Tell us what your week was like. That was a that looked busy. Yeah, I mean, Super Bowl week usually is. You know, I I I started this back at Super Bowl 50 in San Francisco. Uh, I had recently been released from prison. I had gone up there to get a health check through the NFL screening process and uh, when I was up there, I ran into some close friends and they brought me onto Radio Row and it be, kind of became this thing. I was starting to tell my story a bit and share it in the hopes that mm-hmm. somebody needed to hear it, would hear it. And it's such a huge platform. Super Bowl is. Even if you don't, haven't watched football all year long, you, you tune into that game and everybody's listening into the buildup and stuff. So every Super Bowl has been pretty pretty busy, you know, opportunities. I I mentioned how I watched the Ellen show when I was in prison at the Houston Super Bowl. And a week later, their producers were calling me and I was on Ellen with my family and everything like that. So, I mean, it's, it's been pretty crazy how far that reaches. And luckily for me and my family, I don't know if we would have traveled if it would have been anywhere but LA since we live in LA. So it made it very convenient Mm -hmm. to do all the things that I was being asked to do over the last week. In particular, you talked about, you know, my work with Sirius XM, which is amazing coverage they have. They probably had the best setup on Radio Row all week long. And and then working with Sam Farmer at the LA Times with his speaker series, that was huge. And yeah, just had a great week. Yeah. Ironically enough, I find myself smack dab in the middle of the media now. I think it's a bit of karma for how poorly yeah. I treated the media my whole life, I think, when I was a player. <laughs> so uh, it is what I it like is. Uh, I enjoy talking the game. It's what I had gone to school for. Um, I have a communications degree there at Washington State. So it just took me a long time to figure out how to use it. As a comedian, we, you know, we spoke before we went on live and uh, I'm a comedian. So I got so many friends who are in recovery and I always tell them a few of them are really close to me that they're, you know, they're my role models because I know what they have to go through and on a day-to-day basis. And I just respect what they go through. So for anyone who doesn't know, that's your story, right? You struggled with that. You've come through the other end. Now you inspire others. I was curious, um, do you guys, those of you who played professional sports and who are in recovery, do you guys communicate with each other? Like I know Chris Herring in basketball is a big story. He travels and talks. Do you guys talk to each other? Are you aware of his story? Oh yeah, Chris Herring's story was incredibly meaningful. And early on when I was trying to figure out how to live this this public sober life, he was a huge mentor of mine, right? We talked on the phone a bunch and we've kept up with one another. You know, he started his own nonprofit and which has ultimately turned into a, a recovery community and a treatment center. And so he's a role model for sure. And then, you know, I got a chance at Super Bowl to to see Max Crosby and mm-hmm. and Darren Waller and over the last year and stuff. Their, their stories are so impressive to me, especially being able to do it 
while they're still at the top of their game. I would have loved to have been able to address my behavioral issues and my mental illness when I was playing because maybe I could have been a better football player at that level, right? That's what led to the the substance use, the failure with all the expectation. And I started wanting to numb that feeling of being a failure and all those things. And so those guys are so impressive to address the issues that are going on in their lives while they're playing the most difficult professional sport there is in, in professional football, just hats off to the, the likes of all those guys. Yeah. You mentioned mental illness and just at that high level. And even if it's Simone Biles talking about it at the Olympics of the mental block, and then you mentioned football players this year bringing up addiction issues. It's something that's been more mainstream. When you went through all this, no one was talking about this. And I'm kind of curious as you watch in college football, especially that we love so much, these guys are now getting money. They're getting exposure. Opportunities are bigger than they've ever been. What do you think about these athletes at the pro and now college level dealing with this big world at a young age and the pitfalls that come with that? Well, I think like anybody, you're going to have to address it at some point. And the idea that these young men and women were propping up their universities and making them a ton of money and not being compensated was the problem. And so Mm. no matter what you do, People complain that you're setting them down a wrong path. If you're going to make poor choices, you're going to make poor choices. There's nothing you can do about it. We can educate them. We can show them the path. But people are going to make the decisions they want to make. I had many of those come-to-Jesus moments with mentors and coaches and family. When I was going through everything, if you're not willing to surrender and accept the help, it doesn't matter. Mm. You can't coddle everybody who goes through this process. People are going to make mistakes and people are going to flourish because of it. And you shouldn't disallow those individuals from flourishing because some people can't make the right choices and and never take any accountability for their actions when they do make poor choices. And that I think that was the biggest problem for me. I just, I never could look in the mirror and go, dude, it's you. You're the problem here, not the fact that somebody's paying you money or, Mm. or the media's writing stories about you or online people are commenting on you. None of that matters. It's entirely up to you. That's why there's such a pull in in what I talk about in terms of accountability, owning your part. So many of my friends who are in recovery, they put that energy in other places. They become great stand-ups, very successful. A lot of them are are jacked. They get in the gym and they go crazy. (laughs) Where do you put that energy now? Because you look kind of jacked. All I can see is your shoulders, but you look jacked. I am jacked. I'm always been, you know, I'm always, I'm a professional football player. Come on now. I'm six foot seven, 235 pounds. I'm a beast. Um, You know, I I put it into helping others. I mean, that's the purposeful part of all this, right? When I walked out of that prison cell, I fully understood that if I were to have to change, it would, it could never be about me again. It had to be about everybody else. And interesting. Ironically enough, when you make it about other people, like the life of your dreams comes from that. Mm. So in a way, it's selfish, but it may be the best recipe for success that there is. You make it about other people, not about yourself. Because I was a, a narcissist like no other, right? It was always about me. Everything that had to be about me. It was nothing about anybody else. And, you know, I still have those tendencies. And so it, it's a daily fight, not the substance. The substance is a byproduct. It's a symptom. 
of the underlying mental health diagnoses, right? The, the depression, the narcissism, all of those, those are the things you have to address. And, and that's what I do on a daily basis. And a big part of that is traveling around, sharing my story, like I said, in the hopes that somebody who, who is still struggling may need to hear it or a family member or something like that. It's all about purpose. And I think a lot of former players can attest to that. Regardless of how successful their careers were, their identity is tied up with being a football player. What do you do when that's all said and done? Where's your purpose? How does it get redefined? And how do you transition? So that's a huge part of all of, all of what I do on a daily basis. To I eat well, I exercise, I see a, a therapist. My wife and I go to couples therapy, even though we just want to be better at communicating with one another because I'm a that's awesome. terrible communicator. I seek out anger management, mm-hmm. better tools to deal with that because I believe I'm, de- I'm living with CTE. I just had to address yeah. it because I got in trouble and I got sent to prison and I didn't do this in the shadows and in the dark and, and allow the stigma to take it over. So I'm really blessed. So I have to understand why uh, my brain, which has been put through trauma, is functioning, how it functions and how I relate to things and how impulsive I am and why do I just get angry all of a sudden or, or all of those things. So I, I have to address these things all the time. It's not like anybody else. I mean, there's some unique quantifiers for me because of of the fact that I played in the NFL and some of the issues that exist. But it's like every other flawed human being who's just trying to be better every single day. It's an amazing perspective, man. man. Yeah. Yeah, that's really moving. Talk about making your mess your message. That's such a cheesy quote, but you embody it. That's that's incredible. I know you have kids. Do you have boys? I got a little boy. Yeah, I got a one, I got a four year old who. Uh, okay. Who's who's the absolute best? Oh, his name's MacGyver. Probably, he's gonna be a, he's probably gonna be like six foot nine. Uh, this is the way we're looking. So uh, Olivia well, might, have to, might have yeah. to talk to your husband about some uh, okay. some some lessons <laughs> down the line here. All right. <laughs> The reason I ask is, will you let him play football? You mentioned CTE. Is that a concern of yours? Yeah, w- most likely not. My wife and I have discussed he, he can't wear a helmet until he's at least 16. Mm. You know, at, at, by that point, your brain is more developed. We watch these Pop yep. Warner kids bang around. And and what now that we fully know what a concussion is, right? <laughs> right. It's where your brain bangs into your skull on the inside. And there's nothing you can do to protect that. No matter how great the, the protection gets or the technology gets, unless you are able to put something around the brain inside the skull, it's still going to bang against the interior of your skull. So mm. I have a few friends that are, uh, that are neuro, neurosurgeons and neurologists and brain trauma coming in with kids these days. Fellow alumnus at Washington State, Tyler Holinsky, took his own life a few mm-hmm. years back. He had only played up mm-hmm. until his sophomore year of college. And when the autopsy came back, he had the brain of a 65-year-old. God. You know, the reason I went and succeeded and did what I had to do was for, for me to make the future generations of my family not have to sacrifice as much. And so we're going to give him every bit of knowledge, every bit of information we can for when he turns 16, if he wants to and understands the consequences that may come from it. And that's the choice he decides to make. It'll be entirely up to him. Having not played football up to that point, especially with with a helmet and pads and stuff like that. I don't even know if that will interest him. Mm-hmm. Right now, he's more into ninja training, which is... Uh, <laughs> I love that. Which is, yeah. So <laughs> my wife and I are coherent and, and we have a plan when it comes to that and most likely no to answer your, your original question. 
Yeah. Right on. Giannis, remember we had Merrill Hodge on, the great Pittsburgh Steeler, and that that was such a big part of his story is diagnosed with a concussion way too late. And, you know, they stack up in football, yeah. as you know. And I'm I'm expecting a little boy in May, and I know sports is gonna be a part of his life, but a Taurus. It, it gives I love you pause. It. Yeah, it's a Taurus, you got it. <laughs> They're the best. My husband's a Taurus too. <laughs> so am I, and so is my wife. I love it. Tauruses are cool. I'm a Virgo. I don't know what that means. Do it. Neither do I. Yeah, we Ryan, don't care unless up. you're a Taurus. Just close so your laptop. Just, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's pivot to football a little bit. This game last week, uh, Rams 23, Bengals 20. That was the final score. It was an interesting game. Mm-hmm. Rams came out strong. Bengals kept it close. Then the Rams really struggled in the second half until they were able to wear down the Bengals defense. Were you surprised by anything in this Super Bowl? Uh, not much. I, I was a little surprised. I, I felt like Joe Burrow, there was a bit of nerves there. Yeah. He missed some throws that he normally doesn't miss. And it's fully understandable. I mean, it's the biggest stage ever. No matter how many big stages you've been on, Heisman Trophy winner, national championship, everything, you know, it's his first gotta have it game that he's lost. And uh, and you can't place it all on him, right? But you got to give a ton of credit to Raheem Morris and the adjustments he made at halftime to allow that defensive line, in particular Aaron Donald, to get off because they were not making hay in the first half. And they overloaded on sometimes on the side of the line of scrimmage and got Aaron Donald in more one-on-one matchups. In a matter of three series, he was sacked five times. And that really, I think, made him, you know, he was he was inundated all week long about getting that ball out quickly. And there were some guys that were open in that second half that he just wasn't able to get to through his progression because he didn't have the time. So incredibly impressed with that. Didn't like the fact that the officials swallowed their whistle the entire football game. And then all of a sudden the thought it was important the for them end. to interject their, their personality into the end of the game. Uh, Logan was so good in that defensive uh, play. I thought you can't make that. It's now does the game still end up in the Rams hands? Yeah. They still would have had a couple downs and Matthew Stafford was playing at, at such an elite level there in the fourth quarter. Who knows? Right. But I hate it when the officials become a part of the conversation because then it allows for so much nuance from fan bases to talk about this, that, or the other. Just let the teams play. Logan made the play, knock the ball down, move on to the next down, and see if they can make it go. That was unfortunate. Some play calling, of course. The Bengals' decision to run it on third and one right into Aaron Donald, especially with P. Ryan rather than Joe Mixon, was a little interesting, maybe because they were in a passing situation and thought they would maybe get catch them by surprise by running their third down back on a, on a draw yeah. down the middle. So don't get Giannis started. Don't get Giannis started. On <laughs> I that. just went wild on that. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. Yeah. So thank you for confirming. More importantly, since we are doing this with bed MGM, I had the Bengals plus four and a half and Tyler Boyd with over 40 yards yes. receiving. So that I, I had a good day, Woo. even though I wanted my Bengals to, uh, uh, to win in that game. Cause I was just rooting for Joe Burrow and, but the other storyline with Matthew Stafford and, and everything that, that oh. went into that is, is so great. It was it was a great it was a great Super Bowl. The halftime show, I mean, all of it was a wonderful game to watch. Yeah, it was a great Super Bowl. You mentioned Joe Burrow. It was his first postseason loss ever. Going back to college, he was seven and zero in playoff games, and so yeah, a little a little slice of humble pie. But he didn't have much help. He was sacked seven times. Was that ultimately the difference maker? You hinted a little bit just about that Rams defensive line, how tough they were. Yeah, they just he just didn't have the time. You know, yeah, wasn't able to to get that connection with Jamar Chase. Yeah, like he's had in the past. 
T. Higgins played uh, tremendous once again. But unfortunately, he just didn't have the time. And, you know, you go back to draft night, right? And the decision to take Jamar Chase over Panay Sewell mm-hmm. was a bit controversial because they said the quarterback of your dreams just got knocked out of, uh, out of uh, the season last year with a knee injury. And you want to go get him a, a Ferrari instead of the, you know, very uh, safe minivan that you need in Panay Sewell. And- <laughs> or a garage. You're right. It was kind of rebuked when Jamar Chase yep. was offensive rookie of the year. But ultimately, what was the difference maker in this game? If you can't get the ball to Jamar Chase, if your quarterback's getting swallowed up in a matter of uh, 1.2 seconds, right? I mean, what was the point in all this? They have to address because they are very, very good football team. They have to address that porous offensive line or not, or nothing's going to change. I mean, 63 sacks during the regular season. I think it's only third to me and David Carr in terms of how many times sacked in a season. And it's, it's brutal, right? If you don't, if you don't feel comfortable back there, how are you going to execute what you do best? Also, I should say this too, like, it's not like the Bengals, uh, you know, didn't belong there. I mean, they're leading by four points with two minutes to go in the game. So, you know, it's every bit their game to take. In fact, if they're able to protect just a split second longer on Aaron Donald there at the end, he probably finds a guy or maybe even finds Chase down the field as, after Jalen Ramsey fell down. So, I mean, this wasn't like yeah. it was an overmatched game. In fact, they dominated for most of this game, at least the second and third quarters portions of it. Yeah, that matchup was good. Do you think if OBJ doesn't get hurt, though, the Rams could have run away with that? I mean, he had 52 yards to that point, a TD. Yeah, I mean, that was significant. I don't know if they would have run away with it. I just feel like Burrow and, and that team would find a way to hang around, but they were overwhelming with Cup and OBJ ever since he came on. They, they have to fight tooth and nail to try to see if, they, if he can get a, a reduced contract, kind of a hometown deal to keep him there. I think that's a huge... You add Robert Woods to the mix. I mean, this mm. LA Rams team offensively has a, a chance for the next two years, at least the next year with Matthew Stafford's expiring contract, to be really, yeah. really, really good. Not that they weren't this year. So, yeah, it, it could have got a hand. I think... Logically, everybody assumed this game should have been 31-14 LA. That would be the final. I said, right. I threw logic out the window, just like the Bengals have all postseason. And I said the Bengals were going to win that game 20-17. to And sure enough, it, it, it was 20-16 to with two minutes to go. And I thought I was pretty pretty good there in, in, that, in that sense, but not to be. A clairvoyant. That makes a really good better. I also took the Bengals to cover Rams money line. So I'm feeling really good about myself and T Higgins. Anytime touchdown feeling really good about that, but kind of looking forward. We've seen two years in a row. Now a quarterback come into a new team, some big free agents join the team that win a Super Bowl right away at home. Is there a situation this year? Not the at home part, but that you could see that happening as a veteran quarterback, Aaron Rodgers comes to mind, Russell Wilson that you think can be one and done essentially and win a Super Bowl next year. Yeah, I would argue that that people probably would speculate that Denver's a destination place for Aaron Rodgers in terms mm-hmm. of familiarity with the offense. And they have got incredible skill position players. Their defense is really yeah. good. And maybe they add another free agent somewhere else. You know, maybe they sign Von Miller back. Who knows? You know, Von's a, a free agent. I was just thinking that. <laughs> that would back. be the, I think, the logical next step in terms of if you're trying to match those types of things, you know, can lightning strike three times where you get a new quarterback? And there has to be a special quarterback, right? Matthew Stafford clearly was special in Detroit, never got the opportunity because just didn't have the team around him. You put him with a team 
that was as talented as, as the Los Angeles Rams. And boy, you know, he takes off and, and wins him a championship in his first year. So incredible. That, that would probably be the, the best landing spot I could see in Denver with their new head coach and their quarterback coach, who's an offensive coordinator who, who worked with, with Aaron. I just don't think that the uh, Green Bay Packers ultimately are going to, I mean, they're, they're the ones that make the decision they're, I just don't think they're going to get an yeah. offer. That's going to be big enough for them to compensate for that. All right, let's go to the position you know the most about. Uh, with the exception of Mac Jones this year, rookie quarterbacks really seem to struggle. Which one of them do you think will take the next step this coming season? Oh, I thought since you were a comedian, you would go like Team Doctor, you know, because of my pill popping days. But <laughs> all right, yeah, I'm pretty familiar with the quarterback position too. Um, yeah, loved loved what Mac Jones brought to the table. Was incredible. <laughs> in his first year, was the best rookie quarterback this season. I thought Davis Mills came in in a close second. I really did. Right. I thought Trevor right. Lawrence improved quite a bit down the stretch. So we'll see what Trey Lance brings to the table because you guys do know like the betting odds on Tom Brady being the MVP next year is like still pretty high. <laughs> that San Francisco 49ers situation right now is just lingering, lingering in his hometown uh, you know, his favorite team growing up. I mean, it just, it's there. I don't buy it. I don't buy into it. I think as much as anybody else does, but uh, we'll see. Trey Lance is a big part of that. Justin Fields in Chicago. And then, you know, with the new rookies coming in this year, who's going to replace Ben Roethlisberger? Who's going to replace Tom Brady? You know, who ultimately is going to replace Drew Brees in New Orleans? I mean, there's so many Mm -hmm. great opportunities at the quarterback position. What we do know is that the AFC is solidified with five great guys that are going to be, you know, battling back and forth for an AFC championship for the next decade. Well, let's talk about that. The draft coming up in April, which quarterbacks impress you the most? Cause everyone's kind of poo-pooing this quarterback class. Yeah. I mean, I, I expect now that the season's over and scouts and teams can do deeper dives and teams are going to be looking and, and dealing with FOMO fear that missing out on the guy that they need, that yeah. there are going to be a couple guys that start to, to really kind of crawl up the, uh, the draft board. I really do believe that. I think Matt Corral is, I think he not having a chance to work out at the senior bowl mm-hmm. had a big impact when he's ready to have his pro day. I think he's going to impress a lot of people. He's a little bit undersized, but is incredibly athletic, has a great arm, is smart, has been well coached by Lane Kiffin, has overcome a ton adversity and, and everything that he's gone through. I like him a ton. I like Carson Strong out of Nevada. Big physical, strong arm quarterback. He did not perform well at the senior bowl. He seemed overwhelmed, had difficulty calling plays. So that may set him back a little bit and a team may be able to, to get a steal in a later round, but I like him a lot. Malik Willis is another guy. Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers got to see him firsthand right there in their own stadium for a bunch of years. He had one of those most prolific seasons at quarterback for the Pittsburgh team this year and uh, you know it wouldn't surprise me if he if he's in a position where the Steelers are drafting if they don't stay homegrown and try to find the replacement for Ben Roethlisberger Jimmy Garoppolo is also an option there too Matt Canada and him I think would be incredible Mike McDaniel down in in Miami and Jimmy Garoppolo are are of, of course a fit if he doesn't feel like Tua far and away is the guy and wants a little competition from a veteran who's got a lot a lot of uh, experience playing that position in big time games. So it's going to be a fun off season. Like it is always uh, everybody will get ramped up and there will be a quarterback or two that jump up the board because general managers are just fearful of missing out on the next guy. Right. Don't forget Roethlisberger, Mahomes, 
all those guys went right around 10, Josh Allen, 11, 12. That's where the, some of these guys who have made the most impact were drafted. And if there's a quarterback available and a team thinks that they got to move up to, let's say, 10 or, or, or so like that to get their guy, they'll do it. You mentioned Kenny Pickett maybe staying in the same stadium, but also the same practice facility. I don't know if you've done a pit game recently, but uh, I, I did. And I remember James Conner, they would say, even though he played at Pitt and the Steelers, he would go across to the pit side because he liked their coffee machine better. And then, I mean, Giannis, it's the same facility, but there's two parking lots. You can t- very much tell the difference when you look at the cars in the parking lot, which one is which. But that's such a unique situation. It is a unique situation. It's <laughs> rare, right? Playing in a yeah. professional stadium, you know, with facilities <laughs> and everything like that. I mean, good for Pitt yes. and Pat Narduzzi and and what their future holds, especially in the new arms race, right? You can say you're, you know, hand in hand with a professional football team. That's going to be helpful in your recruiting process. Right. I never heard that about Tom Brady. I, yeah. I mean, you know, maybe that was why he had such a half-hearted retirement. He was just kind of saying, hey, I'm, I'm done over here, but I'm still, I mean, you know, he looks great. He's still got more football in him. And you know he's going to get bored just sitting around watching Netflix with Giselle. I think, so. he, uh, I think he will follow in the footsteps of the Manning brothers. You know, they understand yeah. building content. And we saw that ramp up a ton for Tom Brady over the last two years being in Tampa outside the bubble of New England. So the reason why I don't think he'll come back is because he understands the calendar of the NFL. In that, I mean what it takes. He's not a guy that has the same talent as, let's say, Brett Favre, who could just go away and then make a decision right before the season starts to, I'm coming back. Tom Brady has a calendar that he goes through and what the preparation looks like to make him ready and make him the most efficient quarterback he can be each year. So if he takes away more time than he normally does and he can't be at his best, his most optimal, he's not going to come back and do it. He's not going to do this half-heartedly. And he really commented on about, you know, it's not that I don't think I can do it at a very high level. I just have different priorities now. My family is at the forefront and the things I want to do and the business side of it is something that I got to think of. So unless we see something pretty quickly right around the free agent signing period and stuff like that, I believe wholeheartedly that he is done and we've seen the greatest of all time call it quits. Mm. All right. I like that opinion, but I got to say all three of us are married. We also know the commitment (laughs) it requires to be home when you're married. I mean, that takes a lot too, so... You know, I'm a purple belt in the marital arts. It takes a lot of training. So sometimes it's nice to be away on the road. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, they're both hard. That's all I'm saying. They're both hard. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. Especially when you got a four-year-old who's still contri- who, who we're still trying to stop, you know, sh- you know, pooping in his pants, right? We got it. It's, 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 it's all hands on deck right now here in the Leaf household. Yeah, I got a 16-month-old. I, you know, I know. We all got it. Yeah, Olivia, just get ready. Just get ready. You know, she's got a bun in the oven. She's carrying around six a 6-foot-9 baby. Yeah, baby. Six it's going to get wild. My boy, Olivia, was 24 inches at birth. Yeah. Two feet. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. God. Wow. He was born in his amniotic wow. sac. And it's like terrible. one out of every 25,000 does it happen. It's a, what? It means good luck. So he was... He was really compact, and it made it for an easy, easier delivery. I should never say the word easy when I'm talking about delivery. Women are amazing. Yeah. You are amazing. Yeah, you are easy, amazing, easy. women. <laughs> but when they cut him out of his amniotic sac, his arms just went. <gasps> and he was just like this. It was like the Hulk watching it all happen. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Your wife must have been huge at the end of her pregnancy, huh? 
There's a picture with me and her and Roger Goodell. Like we're at a game and we both looked at the picture the other day. We just, you don't realize it in the moment, but I looked at the picture. I was just like, oh my, look how big your belly was. He's just, he was two weeks late too. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's. Two weeks late. Oh, Oh. good God. Yeah. My, uh, my husband, they say when they put him out as a baby on that measuring thing that the nurses all just started laughing. I don't know like the exact centimeters or anything, but they said they've just never seen a baby so long. So I've, I've got my work cut out for me. Okay. Ryan, my last question, (laughs) completely not football or baby related. I know you're from Montana. Do you watch Yellowstone? I do. I do watch Yellowstone. So what do you think of everyone now just realizing how amazing Montana is and so many people are moving there? Yeah, we've been kind of watching the influx of people over the years come in and realize, well, yeah, uh, you know, I learned pretty quickly growing up. It's the most beautiful setting in our country, I believe. Yeah. We just just went over a million people. We're the fourth largest state in the union outside of California, Alaska and Texas. And uh, there's a lot of space, a lot of space. The TV show, of course, is gorgeous in how it's filmed, the cinematography and everything like that. The storyline, you know, it doesn't paint Montanans very well. I, I guarantee you does the violence. Does it remind you of your childhood? It doesn't <laughs> remind me of any of my childhood. I will say, you know, the, the degradation of the Native American is spot on and has yes. to change. And I, I love the fact that yes. they're, they're pointing a, a spotlight on that. I've watched it my whole entire life, visiting reservations while I, while I grew up there. Uh, Montana has, you know, two of the best national parks in the country and Yellowstone National Park and Glacier National Park at the kind of top end of Montana, the bottom end. And so it's an entertaining show. Love me some Kevin Costner. My brother just auditioned for it recently, so hopefully he'll get it. He always he looks like a rugged Casey, but he also, (laughs) you know, he puts it on. He's able to put it on his his bio, his resume. Right. He can ride horses. We grew up on a, a cattle ranch. And my grandfather ran, so, you know, he's got that in for him. Like, he can ride horses with the best of them. That, that'll get you on that show in a hurry. Oh, for sure. I know that was a total twist, but I, I had to ask. I, it's like my favorite show. I had to ask. <laughs> Why is it your favorite show? Well, I like season one the best. It's gone downhill. They've switched production companies, I believe, and it's gotten a little, like, music video-ish. Yeah. Do you agree? Like, now there's, like, long scenes that are... They're selling you know. products. They're selling products. They, they get yeah. it. They you are. know, I understand. I understand it. Yeah. I like Rip. He reminds me a lot of yep. some of the cowboys on my grandpa's <laughs> ranch when I was growing up, you know, some of the hired hands and things like that. So it's it's interesting. Cowboy culture is is crazy. Yeah. I think it stymies people a lot of the time not to showcase any weaknesses and things like that. So mm. and then I can't get over the young hand that gets sent down to Texas. That dude just just absolutely yes. rolls rolls out of bed and falls down and bumps his head against beautiful women like it. What the hell's going on here? I mean, that that's that for sure is not a real thing that happens in Montana. I can tell you that much. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. Jimmy's storyline was a little far fetched. Dude uh, just, but, dude but just no. r- rides into like like manure piles and <laughs> pu- comes out the other end with yeah. beautiful women. Yeah. So. yeah. I don't know. They can't get enough of old Jimmy. Yeah. It is his, uh, his face leaves something to be desired, but his, his uh, lineup there isn't too bad. Oh, this is fun, Ryan. I really appreciate you coming on. You bet. Thanks for having me, guys. Always good to see you, Olivia. And yeah. uh, best of luck. Ryan is a great name for a boy. Just putting that out there. Okay. I'll remember that.
a man of many talents, drinking spicy mango margaritas is just one of them. We are so glad to see you here virtually, but we had way more fun with you in person in L.A. That was a lot of fun. Giannis, what do you think? Our man Pete can throw down. I love me some Peter Andrew. It was good to finally see him from head to toe. He's a nice Tall drink of water. Yeah. He's not hard on the eyes. He's a cute kid with good hair who knows how to throw back some margaritas. <laughs> it was damn good to see you, baby. Can we just clip that and just make yeah. sure? <laughs> Save that for my funeral, my wedding, my first baby. Yeah. That's your best man speech at your wedding right there. That's it. It was fun with uh, having some time with you guys. Fortunately, I left before the pitcher of margarita was done or else things could have gotten a little bit crazy. Yes. I know you were a little upset. That's why you were drowning yourself in margaritas because you did not get a picture with T.O. <laughs> well, we got a picture, but it looks like uh, looks like my dog took it. <laughs> yeah, you did not get the one you needed as a Niners fan. I mean, I'm sorry about that. What you can do is you could take the one with me and Olivia and T.O. and you can Photoshop out Olivia, you know, because you guys got the same build right now. You got the same body build. Yeah. You know, you- yeah, yeah. <laughs> right now. Uh, good segue. <laughs> Check my Instagram in about three hours because that's already in progress with our design team here at Bad yeah, so, you know, oh, you guys, we, we, all three of us got a little bit of a baby bump. So you could just put your face <laughs> on hers and just throw yourself in a pick. It's okay. 363 days till the next Super Bowl. Glendale, <laughs> Arizona, partner of BetMGM. We'll get it then. Don't worry. Hell yeah. Oh, I love that. About that. That's exciting. That's exciting. We're going to do that big next year. I'm not going to be pregnant. I mean, this is going to be a lot of fun. But no, we, it was a great week in L.A. Our coverage of Pro Bowl and Super Bowl is still all up on BetMGM social media. If you want to check out what we were up to, we had a ton of fun. That T.O. episode, if you haven't listened to that, you guys, that was live. Uh, just go back to the episode right before this one and give that a listen because T.O. is a man of many opinions and characters. He is he's unique, right? Yeah, T.O. loves him some T.O. It was uh, it was amazing. It was an amazing interview. He's an amazing, charismatic, funny guy. And yeah. uh, we had a great time with him. And Olivia, I just want to say, don't say for sure you won't be pregnant. You could be <laughs> pregnant. My man, Sammy, he shoots from three. He shoots from three. And he's got a high percentage. He's a shooter. God. Shooter, shoot. Shooter, See, Sam's going to want to clip that one little part and save that. Okay, but let's recap Super Bowl from a betting perspective because I'm feeling really good about myself. I'm kind of bummed the NFL season's over because my confidence is soaring. I took Bengals to cover. Giannis, I told you for two weeks, Bengals are going to keep this close, and they did. Rams win. Um, a bunch of my props hit, but how did it play out for the sports book? Yeah, so last minute, I decided to tease down to minus two and a half the Rams. Thank God I did because it was close. So (laughs) I was the lucky one there. Overall, the book did really well. If the Bengals would have won, so outright money line, and and or if the game would have went to overtime, a lot of the books, including us, massive liability against that. So we were able to get by that. The result was great. You know, a couple of unfortunate things happened that I think helped some folks. OBJ, obviously, uh, I think it was confirmed toward ACL. Mm. uh, The under yards ended up for that, which is, uh, it's unfortunate. But that was a big liability for us. And Aaron Donald, MVP, was a big liability. So I don't necessarily agree with the call that uh, Cooper Cup got it. You can't knock him. But Aaron Donald was a monster that game. But that did go in our favor, getting uh, MVP for Cup. So looking at NFL futures, which are already out, 
Bills and Chiefs are the favorites to win the Super Bowl next year. We were just talking with Ryan, who thinks that the Rams can put together another Super Bowl run, that they're so stacked. We know they don't have draft picks, but they still have a couple of these big free agent signings for a couple of years. Do you like the Rams already? I mean, is it way too early to be talking about this? You know, I think it's too early for some of the favorites. I think these are the opportunities. I think I said this last year. These are the opportunities where you cherry pick some people who are maybe against the odds right now. So I look at a a Ravens at plus 2000, something like that is something appetizing right now because you never know what could happen over the course of the next six months. A big move, something to get them kind of pushed to the top. But when it comes to the Rams, I mean, they have everything it takes to to repeat. I think there's a couple open-end questions. Whitworth likely retiring. Mm -hmm. So you have to address your tackle position. Again, doing it without draft picks, a little bit cap constraint. Donald. Aaron Donald, they, they keep saying there's a chance that he retires on top. I personally think he maybe stays an extra year or two. I mean, he's still probably the best defensive tackle I've ever seen. Yeah. I um, mean, he's still at such a high level, as you saw on Sunday. But they have a lot of the tools to a healthy Cam Akers, Stafford for a couple of years, probably the best wide receiver in the league, Cooper Cup, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, the list goes on. They are a legitimate threat for at least the next two to probably three years. What does uh, an ACL tear do for OBJ and what's his contract look like and what's that situation look like next year for OBJ? Yeah, poor guy. I think this is the second time he's torn an ACL or, or had a significant knee injury. I believe he only signed a one-year deal for the Rams. So this, this is tough for him. I mean, he's going to have to come back and prove himself. He's probably going to have to put him, himself on another cheap one-year deal that's very bonus-driven and then work his way up to another contract. But you know, as you guys know, the shelf life for a, a wide receiver, a running back in, in the NFL is only four or five years anyway. So it's going to be really tough. And I, I feel for him. You know, I saw, I think you saw a different side of him. I'm a New Yorker here. So I saw the Giants drama, if you will. But you saw the type of person he's kind of matured to be, whether it's yeah visibly upset after the win. I think what he did with Debo Samuel after the NFC Championship, where he went up to him first before anything. So he's a matured guy. So I think a lot of people are rooting for him. Switching over to NBA, because now a lot of our talk is going to switch to March Madness, NBA, and we kick off with All-Star this weekend, and it's always so much fun to watch. I personally much prefer Saturday All-Star, skills competition, three-point competition, everything, dunk contest, Uh, but the actual game is Sunday. What, as of now, again, we record Tuesday, what does BetMGM have available right now? Yeah, so a little bit of a new format this year, as most people know. So we are in the process of getting everything approved by all of our state regulators. As of right now, confirmed, obviously, we will have the All-Star game on Sunday. And then we're getting odds as we speak for three-point. So you're seeing guys like Patty Mills, Luke Kennard, Zach Levine kind of leading the charge in terms of three-point contest. Personally, Patty Mills, one that strikes me as a a big-time favorite. I think he's highest three-point percentage out of anybody playing, 43%. And I think Luke Kennard just shortly behind him. Both those guys are around the plus 650, plus 550 range. So a $10, $20 bet gets you 60, 120 bucks, not too shabby. And those guys are legit threats shooting. So it's all about who catches fire. And and it's a fun event. So I, I do think they take it seriously. And I think probably more seriously than, than Sunday's All-Star game. I am pumped for hoops. I am a failed Division I basketball player. I'm a, I'm a walk-on that did not make the team on a low D1 squad at American. But I tell you what, 
I got my NBA league pass and I am psyched. And <laughs> you could just t- tell me Hall that my expense for the NBA league pass is yeah. in the mail. Bet MGM's <laughs> paying for it. I need a new computer and I need Knicks tickets. <laughs> well, lucky for you having league pass, you get to see my Charlotte Hornets now a little bit more often with their big, big addition of Montrez Harrell. So huge. Watch out for them out of the East. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why are the Hornets your team? I've never heard you say this. Oh boy. This is. You know, I have some ridiculous stories as uh, sports fans here. Huge. I, I hated the things. interesting life of Peter Andrew. What I mean, Peter hell? Andrew has a couple of kids in North Carolina. We don't know about <laughs> um, you guys heard some stories that are not suitable for radio the other day, but yeah. I hated the Knicks growing up. I, I despised the team for whatever reason. And I was a huge Gonzaga uh, basketball fan. So I loved Adam Morrison. I basically told myself, I was like, wherever this guy goes, whether it's to the Knicks or to the Lakers or whoever, I was like, I'm following him. Third overall, 2004, I think it was, Charlotte Bobcats. So I just popped on the. Okay. That is probably one of the most pathetic reasons I've ever heard anyone say they became a fan of a team. Adam Morrison, that's the reason why you became a fan of the NBA. I mean, here, look, I wish I could say Adam Morrison had a drug problem because he was the bust. He was just a bust. Can you, can you please address him as NBA champion, uh, Adam Morrison, please? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that, oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot about that. He did ride the pine pony in uh, L.A. with that nice brown jacket that he wore during the entire NBA finals. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but yeah, it's it's par for the course for me. I got some crazy stories of these teams I follow, but but I've been loyal to them since. Gotten a chance to meet Kemba and a couple of the players. Nice. Kemba was on the Hornets, so yeah, I, I ride with them. I All love right, it because of Adam Morrison. That, that's I'll <laughs> never hear that again. I've never heard that before, and I've never heard that again. Yeah. That somebody's team became their team because of Adam Morrison. You are a loyal. You are a loyal fan to whomever you like. I'll tell you that right now. Talk about something clip worthy. If I'm ever looking for a job with the Hornets, I'll just, I'll take a little snippet yep. of that. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. All right, Pete. Well, we wish every week we were in person like last week, but thanks for joining us again. And next week we'll get even further into the NBA as we recap All-Star break. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. Peace, Pete. Okay, that was such a fun show. Thanks again to Ryan Leaf for joining us. His story is just incredible. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Ryan D. Leaf. Thanks as always to Peter Andrew for joining us. And make sure you follow BetMGM on all social media platforms at BetMGM. And Giannis, we can't let this fall to the wayside, but we are still nominated for Best Sports Comedy Podcast. And people can still vote on that through March. We're going to make sure Alex, who's editing this as we speak, puts it in the show description. You can just click the link there. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart.